Parents, welcome to another episode of The Journey, a podcast intended to educate, equip, and entertain you as we talk about important issues facing our families. PCA is a Christ-centered, biblically-based, and family-focused community of committed believers doing life together. We hope the information you hear on this podcast informs and inspires you to be a better parent. Welcome to The Journey. super excited about the next couple episodes we have. It features a really good friend of mine, Ricky Shillette from Living Hope Ministries. Uh, He's the executive director there, and he does a great job of uh, teaching and training uh, on the issue of uh, gender and sexuality from a biblical perspective. Uh, Super, super important topic in today's time. Uh, Today's episode is going to be about raising girls. Next week is going to be about raising boys. Um, But I'm also excited to tell you that Ricky is actually going to be here at both campuses for PCA this Monday. January 23rd. Ricky's going to be at the Plano campus in the SLC at 6.30. And then next Monday on the 30th of January, he's going to be at the North campus in the gathering at 6.45 p.m. So really excited about what Ricky's going to be sharing. Uh, A very important, uh, a very um, uh, needed uh, training and message uh, from Ricky. Uh, And uh, hopefully you'll be able to listen to both of these. And hopefully you'll be able to come out and hear Ricky in person uh, on one of those two dates. So uh, really excited about it. Uh, Enjoy. uh, Listen to these episodes uh, this week on Raising Girls, next week on Raising Boys. Well, welcome back to The Journey. This is Dan Panetti, and I've got uh, my good friend, uh, Ricky Shillette, uh, with us today. And we're going to talk about um, all things dealing with gender and sexuality for our kids. Uh, super important topic. Uh, Ricky Shillette um, has a great uh, background in this. He's got an incredible ministry called Living Hope Ministries. Uh, he's down in Arlington. Uh, you can find him um, on the web at livehope.org, right? I'm mm-hmm. looking at Ricky. And right. he's, he's nodding. Yeah, he's yeah, like, yeah, right. say it right. <laughs> livehope.org. And, uh, and Ricky's been in before and done some great parent training uh, for us in the past. Parent training, staff training, student training. Um, helping us understand from a biblical perspective um, the idea of gender and sexuality, because that's God-given, that's God-designed, that's, um, you know, God-created. But the world we live in, we understand, uh, can take those things and can twist them and uh, give us something completely different. And so Ricky's got uh, just an incredible um, heart for this particular issue uh, to help us understand um, how God has designed things and how to um, uh, address what's going on in the modern culture, in the modern world, um, as it, uh, unfortunately, on an area that's uh, that's very sensitive to people, and it's a very difficult thing to talk about, has twisted and, and warped this into something uh, that's uh, it's very difficult to understand. And so, uh, Ricky, thank you for, for joining us uh, today. Uh, thank you for inviting me. Appreciate uh, being here. Yeah, and uh, let's let's just start uh, with just a little bit of background on you and just okay. kind of how you got into the, um, the ministry of dealing with gender and sexuality. Yep. Yeah, I uh, certainly wasn't on the career path path options at seminary <laughs> at all. Uh, I don't think anybody ever even talked much about sexuality when I was in seminary. Uh, but nonetheless, it was something that after I was a youth pastor for a long time, came to First Baptist Church in Arlington as a single adult pastor. And it was during that period of time that I felt the Lord kind of prompting me to say, hey, um, you know, what are you doing with folks who struggle with same-sex attractions, right. gender identity issues? And I was like, nothing, God, because I really like my job and don't want to be fired. That's right. And so... Uh, 
you know, it just How kept long ago coming was that? up. 20, that was, 20 years ago? Yeah, 20 years ago. Yeah, nobody was talking about nobody, it 20 years ago. Absolutely no. nobody. No. So I, I just kept feeling that prompting. So I eventually went to my pastor, talked to him. He prayed about it. He came back to me and said, okay, God's leading you, so figure it out. Go uh. do it. And so I said, okay, looked around, long story short, found a ministry, Living Hope, that was already in existence. Uh, we've been around about 32 years now. And uh, met with that guy. Wasn't really impressed with him at the time, but thought, okay, you know, you're the only one I know around here. If there's anything I can do, let me know. They eventually ran out of a place to have a church uh, home. And so they came to us and said, you know, would First Baptist Church be willing to house the ministry? And I said, well, you know, it's not that easy. This is a First Baptist Church. We have all these procedures and processes and we have to go through. And so we did, presented it to the deacon body. Um, they voted 100% in favor to do it. But that because it was so controversial, they said, we really feel like we need to have a church vote on this, which I was like, great. And so we presented it to the church, but they also voted unanimously. And so First Baptist Church is kind of the covering for this ministry and has been here for um, about 20 years now. That's awesome. And so, uh, yeah, and I got involved with it specifically. And part of my hesitancy was because I also have same-sex attraction mm -hmm. and was abused as a kid and uh, struggled with that. Uh, got married at 26, was married for 30 years. I uh, lost my wife two, two years ago. And, and um, but, you know, I, I relate to that struggle and understand where they're coming from. And so I felt like, okay, God's going to take my mess and turn it into a ministry. And that's kind of what he does with us. That's incredible. That's incredible. Where, where do you want to start with parents? Um, we were yeah. talking about just the whole idea of um, that when we talk about gender and sexuality, sometimes it's easier to kind of break it into the two different genders, boys and girls. Um, and I thought maybe we would just start with girls um, okay. and kind of looking at the idea if I'm if I'm raising a daughter. Yeah. Um, what, are, what are my concerns as a parent dealing with gender and sexuality in the world around me today? Yeah, it's fascinating because right now what we're seeing from a ministry standpoint is a large number of parents calling who have middle school girls who are no longer wanting to be girls. Okay. They're desiring to either be uh, transition into being boys mm -hmm. or they identify as what they now call uh, non-binary. Right which is I don't want to be a girl or a boy. Right. I just want to be a person and I want to be sexual and I'll just be with whoever I want to be with. Uh, what we what we see happening, at least from some of the, I think, better writers and researchers sociologically uh, on this issue, is that we seem to have almost a social contagion that's taking place. Mm. And by that, what I mean that there's one girl who decides that she wants to do this in a group of other girls. She tells the other girls. Those other girls go, oh, well, I kind of feel weird about that, too. Mm -hmm. Maybe that's kind of cool. And then they see the kind of response that they get socially by making these announcements. And so a lot of times the individuals who are making the announcements, not all the time, but many times, uh, they're often girls who maybe weren't the most popular girl, wasn't the most skilled at social interaction, those kinds of things. And then suddenly when she makes this announcement, she's the bell at the ball, right. you know. And so suddenly everybody's supporting her. Oh, my gosh, it's so great. You're yeah. so brave. You're, you're yeah, so you're amazing. So you're such a hero. Yes, you know, exactly. and so next thing you know, all the other girls, I want to be a hero. I want to be courageous, you know. Right. And so they jump on the bandwagon. Okay. So as opposed to helping them with the confusion that they're understanding, right, um, and leading them towards truth, a lot of people in the culture um, don't, I mean, they, they just, they can't speak about God's design to them. So they just have to take whatever your desire is, right, and just kind of fuel that flame. And and, um, and it's really causing our kids to be more confused. Absolutely. Because right? nobody is providing truth for them. 
Um, and so what, what would you say to parents um, who, um, you know, maybe have a, a daughter, because mm-hmm. we want to specifically look at the girls, have a daughter, um, and she's, you know, kind of wrestling with these concepts of this, you know, gender yeah. dysphoria, or right. um, she's got a group of friends, and it's the same concept where, right. you know, they're, they're not comfortable with who they are as young ladies. Yeah. I think what I would do is, is just really encourage parents to talk about the beauty of being created a woman. Mm-hmm. You know, what is good about being a woman? Right. So because it's not the social constructs aspect, right, um, of here's what women get to do, right? But it's the God's design aspects of here's how God has created, yeah. right, females. Exactly. Right? And, and the wonderful purpose that he has for women. Yeah, and, and it's fascinating and frustrating to me that uh, it's very difficult to even talk about this in our culture today because, to me, there just seems to be no logical or scientific reason for a person to go from a male to a female, female to a male. Right. It's an impossibility, yet we have a world that says it is possible and also screams that we need to follow the science at the same time. Right. And so, you know, for the girls... <laughs> Again, yeah. Yeah. You know, for the girls, I think it's really important for them, you know, when they start talking about, well, okay, well, what is it about being a girl that you don't like? Right. You know, is there something going on that... Are you missing out on something? Yeah. Are you know, you what, what is it you, you can't want? accomplish, you exactly. know? Exactly. And then, and then talking about, you know, why is it good to be a girl? What can girls do? Uh, is there anything girls can't do? You know, well, not very much, honestly. Yeah. They can do just about anything. They can't impregnate another girl because that's kind of reserved for guys. And so they need to understand that and they need to know that. And that's one of the things that makes them uniquely a woman is they have this incredible ability to bring forth life into the world. True. And in doing so, they represent an aspect of the Godhead and how he brings life into being. Yeah. And so they are an I, image I heard, bearer. I heard for somebody him. say the other day, every single person on the face of the earth right, has been, except for Adam, I guess, um, but has been brought forth, right, through the womb yeah, of a woman. Absolutely. Right? Has been created, right, by by a woman giving life to them. And absolutely. So, right, you can't, you know, you can't say that about a man. I've never carried, right, right. Uh, you know, a human being in my body for, right. you know, ever, however long. Um, and I've never, you know, had life created inside me, which is an amazing, you Yeah, know, it's beautiful. Right, it's, it's incredible. A, it's, a, it's incredible. And, and I think for, for women to have that aspect of saying, wow, God has designed me specifically Right for this one particular purpose that nobody else. Right, right. I mean, the, uh, you know, half the world doesn't get to share. That's right. Um, and so, you know, grasping that concept of being able to talk to young ladies about that as a as a privilege and an opportunity. Uh, what else would you share with them? Oh, well, I would also share with them that they need to understand the voices in the world that are screaming at them. Okay. Because we have a lot of voices that are talking to them, saying that you know women are just objects of men's sexual arousal. They, they are no good for anything but being a sexual object, that they are going to always be abused and maligned mm. and misused and marginalized. Yep. And, and though those things certainly happen in our world, I mean, we're not denying the reality of that. I right. think the Me Too movement has kind of brought that to everyone's attention. At the same time, not every woman experiences that. And, and I think women who are aware and, and feel good about who they are and how they are created uh, can certainly fight back pretty seriously against those things. And so I think helping the girl realize that, hey, don't ever let anybody take advantage of you. Don't let people objectify you. Be proud of who you are. Mm-hmm. Be confident in who you are. And know that you are intentionally created by a creator who has a purpose for your design. And, and part of that purpose is your form is going to dictate some of your function. You know, and as a result of that, you're going to be able to do, as you said, this very unique thing that only half of the population gets to do, which is the potential to bring forth life into the world. Okay. And so just exploring that with her, helping her know that she's going to hear some narratives in the world that are going to be contrary to what the Bible says. Sure. But that always going back to what that truth is. I mean, we, 
you know, it's a fascinating to me because, again, truth is something you can't escape, and the reality of her creation cannot be ignored. Sooner or later, she's going to have to deal with the reality that she is a girl no matter what she does to her body. Right. She is a girl, and she will always be a girl. And so being able to embrace that, to me, is a much easier task than trying to recreate you into something that you aren't and pretending that you're successful at right. it. Because at some point, right, you run into – Right, the biological realities of God's yeah. creation. There's a, uh, we dealt with gender dysphoria a couple of years ago for our BWI topic, and there's a, um, a young girl on YouTube that I had watched a couple of her videos, not a believer, um, but uh, uh, when she was a, a few years younger, she went through that whole gender dysphoria. She said, I don't want to be a woman. Uh, a lot of people, right, did that, as you said, kind of championed her applauded and encouraged it, yeah. her and applauded it. And so she went through a number of transitions, um, had a number of different surgeries. And then after a few years, after she made this transition into this sense kind of being a boy mm-hmm. um, she realized that none of the problems none of the things that she was feeling went away um, and at age 23 now right she's posting videos saying why didn't somebody say um, don't don't do this why didn't somebody right. give me a different option so now she's a 23 year old um, girl who has transitioned to be a boy wants to transition back to being a woman but she'll never have kids right right she'll never be able to live kind of the life that she was designed to live because she had made these particular decisions and she's right. crying out to other girls saying don't don't buy the yeah. you know don't buy the hype don't buy yeah. the media don't listen to everybody who's just yeah. telling you yay 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 right. um, because five years from now you're going to be in a worse position than you are now absolutely and and all the studies show that even individuals who don't have any religious background whatsoever if you let a kid just progress normally sure. through puberty 75 to 85% of them will resolve for the sex in which they were born. And so why would you want to interfere with that? And then we don't have any longitudinal long-term studies showing what the effects of the hormones and the hormone blockers that are that are given, what that's going to look like down the road 20 years from now, because we just simply haven't been doing it that long, yeah. and we now, haven't been using it for that. Now, speaking of that, this has actually become and will become a very politicized issue um, because now a bunch of different state legislatures are getting into the game saying, right. hey, you know, c- should we avoid, um, you know, allowing young children to make these uh, surgeries, to take these hormone blockers, uh, to allow, you know, boys who transition to be girls to compete against girls in athletics. And yeah. so um, while it's a very personal issue, right, and uh, from a Christian standpoint, I think God's word gives us clear direction on it. it it's going to become a very political uh, you know, issue and a hotbed for a lot of discussion as well. Um, what would you say to parents just as they navigate right some of this uh, content out there and as they're talking to friends, how, how should they kind of understand this issue? Yeah, I mean, I think we have to obviously be very, be very compassionate and realize there are individuals who genuinely have dysphoria. And so they're usually, you know, they show up very young, they are very persistent and consistent in their, in their difficulties. Uh, but even then, I think that, that it's, it's hugely important for the parent to bless and encourage and celebrate the reality of the child's creation. I mean, if they're a boy, they need to celebrate the fact that they're a boy. Right. Uh, because I, I am still not completely convinced that even with those who struggle with gender dysphoria as a specific kind of mental malady, that, uh, that the parents can't help influence that greatly okay. because children seem to really take their cues from their parents as mm-hmm. to who they are and how they are. And so being able to bless that and affirm that and say, you know, let's figure out why it is that you want to identify as a girl and you're a boy or a boy if you're a girl. Uh, You know, what is it about that that you think? I mean, is it that you have four older brothers and you're the only girl or whatever? Right. You know, that kind of thing. But uh, but I think just being able to be compassionate and understanding at the same time, continuing to emphasize that, you know, God doesn't really make mistakes and and he really does create us with a purpose and an intentionality. And um, 
the world is out there trying to uh, convince you of things that God doesn't say. And, and ultimately, as you said a minute ago, I mean, ultimately, we're going to end up at a place where we're going to have to face the reality of who we are, yep. and we can't escape it. I, I do like that you said, um, you know, that kids take their cues from parents. Yeah. Um, I think it's very interesting because that's, that's beginning to change. Um, I just finished up Carl Truman's book, um, The Rise and Triumph of the Modern Self. Mm-hmm. And he just talks about how young people today um, aren't taking their cues from right biology so you know don't let a doctor tell you what your gender is they're not taking their cues from their parents they're not taking their cues from you know society in a sense they're creating their own cues right they're creating their own gender they're creating their own sexuality everything's fluid and it's almost an, an interesting concept for a young person today right that they can literally in a sense say well this is how i feel right mm-hmm. and you can you can create an entire essence and being that that was never there before yeah now that that sounds you know kind of interesting and unique right but it's also a tremendous pressure to put on a young person absolutely right that instead of taking cues of normality right of hey here's what a young woman you know looks like and does right and we can we can talk about the social constructs of some things um, that you go okay that's not not always healthy sure right sure um, but the idea that that you know, those at least gave a, a child kind of a guidance uh, and a rail to work within, and now they don't have anything at all. Like, right. You know, you can create your whole entire identity, right? And I think that's just such a tremendous pressure to put on a young person. Yeah. And I think we see that, right, as young people, um, the anxiety that they feel, the yeah. depression, right, the suicide yeah. rate for young people. It's just that we're putting so much pressure on them because they don't have any cues to take from people. Yeah. Well, it's interesting. There was an article just in the last couple of weeks uh, saying that China has now li- limited the online time for children under yes. a certain age That's to right. one hour yeah. a day, you know, and uh, and I thought, wow, they're 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 getting it codifying <laughs> what we already know, but don't want to talk about too much too much you know? time out there. Yeah, and, and reading too many things that aren't helping you at all. Right. In understanding who you are. Well, and and yep. I think you know what we have seen at least in our ministry, this pandemic has caused an epidemic of kids who are struggling because what they have done is spent incredible amounts of time online True. because they couldn't do anything else, right. you know? And so that has occupied their time. So they're TikToking and Snapchatting and all this kind of stuff. And they're seeing these images of people who seem to have these beautiful lives that are happy and exciting yep. and all these people that are supporting them and all these followers. I mean, we had a young lady even on our ministry who did a TikTok that was kind of against what it is that we do. And I did it with another person that she had met that was kind of on the other side of the fence. And all of a sudden, she had 700,000 followers. And she was getting checks from, you know, the company. And all these people were sending her money because they thought she was involved in an ex-gay, you know, camp and all this kind of stuff. And so you look at all that and you think, wow, okay, in a very short period of time, here this girl became an online sensation, you know, a phenom overnight. And she was like, it's really hard to pull away from that. Very, she said, yes. all these people are encouraging me and supporting me and they want to help me and they're sending me money and I'm bringing in money and I'm not doing anything. And, you know, and so how do you combat that? Well, part of that, I believe, has to do with how parents have invested in their kids. True. Because I think yep. part of the reason that these kids are open to creating their own selves is because they haven't had a foundational reality in who they actually are. Yeah. And that begins at the cradle. You know, that begins when the child comes out and you start affirming and teaching and telling and informing and, and you're spending that quality time with your kids yeah. and, and letting them know that they're not an accident. They are intentional. And, and connecting them to the true source of their identity. And that's Jesus Christ. Absolutely. At Absolutely. The end of the day. So, at the end of the very day. Very good. Well, that was good. That was talking about girls. Next, we'll come back and talk about the boys.
Thank you for investing the time to listen to this episode of The Journey. Please take a minute to share with friends and family who will also benefit from this valuable resource. And don't forget to rate and review this podcast on your favorite podcast app. It is truly our blessing and honor to walk with you on The Journey.